Our text for uh, this Christmas morning is the, uh, the Gospel reading in John 1. It's also sometimes called the Gospel of the Light. It's a pretty wonderful thing. Sometimes it's hard to tell why John doesn't uh, do more about the birth stuff, but there it is anyway in the form that he would like it to be. I, I uh, was reminded, you know, when I, when I think about this darkness and light thing, I sometimes I, I feel like we don't entirely understand how powerful the contrast is. I, I was, um, well, at the seminary, uh, it's, it's in St. Louis. Uh, not too far away, just a little bit to the west, is this place called Merrimack Caverns. Um, I mean, it's a huge monster of an underground bunch of caves. I suppose cut by water, there's a river that runs through there. Uh, one of the things they do when you go in there, I mean, there's a tour. Uh, and they take you in this room. It's kind of like a little... Uh, like a little amphitheater. Uh, it's not a great big room, but you know there's enough room for uh, quite a few people in there. Uh, what they do is they 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 kind of herd you in there, and then they close the door, and then they turn off the lights. <laughs> I have to tell you, when you're 150 feet underground and uh, you're in a room and there's no <clears throat> light whatsoever, it is really, really dark. <laughs> I mean, uh, they said, just, you know, for an experiment, put your hand up there in front of your face. You know, you say that sometimes uh, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Well, I know what that looks like. It's dark. I couldn't see my hand or anything else. I dare not move because I couldn't see. I had no idea what the room was like anymore. And it, was, it wasn't scary exactly because, you know, it's, I'm not always smart enough to be scared. But <laughs> uh, it was dark in there. Uh, seeing nothing, knowing nothing, it was upsetting. And, and then, you know, and they turned the lights on, and it's astonishing, because now you can see, you can see the people, you can actually see your hand, and it was uh, uh, comforting, you know, to be able to see again. Now, uh, John is starting his Christmas story in, in that place. It, it's, uh, interestingly, beginning the same exact way as Genesis did in the beginning. As you know, in the beginning it was dark. There wasn't anything. It, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't even qualify it as dark because, you know, you almost have to have something to, uh, uh, if, if there's no one to see the darknesses, does it make a, a I don't know what that is. But it, it was dark. There wasn't any light. There wasn't anything else either. Uh, and John starts in the same place. Uh, and uh, it, and this, this darkness in the beginning, and when, when light came to be, he, he blames this word. The word did that. Now, you know, normally we think, okay, word means uh, our Heavenly Father said, let there be light, and then there was light, of course. Okay, but what we don't understand is that, that, that what he said was done by the word, the power of his word, uh, and that's Jesus. That's what John wants you to know. Jesus is the instrument of creation. He is the word, the force, the power of God's speaking. And, uh, and then because of him, there's light. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any. And, and so here John says he is the light. 
And not only is he the light, but he's the life too. He is life. If without him, there would be none. God says, let, let us make man in our image. And the instrument of his creation of those human beings was Christ. And so the fact that there is life, that there's a tree, that there's a, a mouse, that there's a human being, it's all him. It's kind of an astonishing place to start when you talk about a baby. Uh, so John tells you today that that light, that life, that cannot be overcome by darkness at all, which, of course, you, you, if you were in that cave with me, you would, you would understand that a little bit. As soon as the lights come on, the darkness is gone. It's, you know, meaningless. Uh, and, and, and this is exactly the case. It, it, that light, that word, that life was born into, into this world, a baby, human being. And now John had seen all the other Gospels. This is a long time later, probably, uh, I will say 50 or 60 years after the third Gospel was written is when this comes. Uh, John is a very old man. He's been ministering for a very long time. And he's looking at what has been said and what people are thinking and doing. And he says, I need to tell this story. And this is what he, this is what he starts with. Well, of course, Christmas, you start with but. But uh, life and light, uh, word, the, the creative thing that is, uh, that's where he begins. Born. Word incarnate. God Almighty. Creator of the universe. This one was life and light, and that's where he begins. That's the one that was born into human flesh to be Emmanuel, which is God with us. That's Christmas. I have competition, but it's fun. I Sometimes it looks like we live in dark times. But the light has been here. I mean, there's, there's darkness in events, or at least, you know, we perceive the difficulty of them, the hardship of them. You, you, you get to where there is a darkness in your own mind in these events. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I always come to that little bit when the, the man says to Jesus, I believe Help my unbelief. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is where this is where we live. The light and the darkness at the same time in our minds and our lives is difficult. We we live uh, in the reality uh, of sin and death, our own and other people's. We live in the reality of horrible curses of creation, like COVID, uh, and 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 in us as we struggle with every little detail to be godly. In, in honor of Christ, in honor of Christianity, and, and, and Christmas, for that matter, that darkness seems so overwhelming sometimes that we, we might wonder actually faced with God in this word and this life and this light saying that we were made in his image, how that could be so. If it's even possible to have such a profoundly powerful light 
living in a body like this. I hope his was better. I mean, this one's fat, bald, and ugly. His has to be better than that. I know he had hair. All the pictures have hair. So it has to be okay. But, um, but if he's here, if he's here, and he is here, do we even have any part of that miracle of light and life considering all the things that run around in our heads and in our lives and the things that we do and the things that we suffer and the, the well, you know what I mean. It is entirely incredible that God, the light of all things, the one incarnate son of the living God, was born. He was born just like all of us were born. Uh, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and that, and that makes him something different. But he was born a human being just like us. He was born into this same world that you and I, we live in. He was born with temptation, even though he didn't uh, run afoul of it. Uh, he, he was suffering in his life. It, it, consider this. His mother and father were sinners. And this is the son of the living God in the world with them as parents. It's astonishing, uh, almost unbelievable that this was a human baby boy. It was so completely unexpected. I would suppose to this day, for most of the people in the world, this is still completely unexpected, so unexpected that believing it, it seems difficult. But that, that supposing this child could be the very one who made the universe, this baby who lies in a manger, who is uh, hanging around a stable because his parents are so unbelievably poor, uh, he has to sleep where the cow wants to eat, and, and uh, that's, that's the creator of the universe. Well, it is in human terms, I reasonably believe, unthinkable that this could be so. But it, it can become more difficult because, you know, uh, because it is so unexpected, because it is so unthinkable, because it is, uh, to choose a word, unbelievable. Um, when he came into the world, it, uh, John says that uh, he came to his own, made in his own image, uh, all of his own people made in his own image as well. Uh, and finally, uh, he was seen there in the flesh of a man and, and they didn't receive him. Which is kind of horrible. Uh, imagine what should happen if the son of the living God comes into the world in the flesh and nobody receives him as such. What should happen? What should happen? But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It hasn't happened yet that he should destroy the world for its foolishness, its sinfulness, its, its mortality is reasonable. But he was here. That baby could be born to a human mother, apparently, <laughs> conceived in a sinner by the Holy Spirit. Unbelievable. It, it seems impossible. Uh, it could not happen 
But if you, if you hear Isaiah over and over again, it was promised. And he's not the only one. Adam heard the promise. Eve heard the promise. Abraham heard the promise. David heard the promise. They all knew that he was coming. But they didn't see this coming. But it did. And more even than that, if such a thing is possible, which of course it has to be because it happened, more difficult than that even is you believe it. Think of the miracle that that is. This, you know, this is not a, a, a rationally received event. This is a spiritual event that happened in the flesh. This thing that has happened in you is the Holy Spirit at work performing this miracle that you believe that this happened for you. It's astonishing, really. You have become, miraculously, in a certain kind of a way, like Jesus, because he came. He says, John does, that you've been born of God. You, you believe him, and, and therefore you have to have been born of God, because you couldn't believe any other way. Born of God, reborn, born from above, however you want to put that, by the work of the Holy Spirit, conceiving in you according to the holy and perfect will of God your Father to save you, to take you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that is what has happened to you. And this has happened to you because he is your salvation. It, because that's what he wanted. He didn't want you to be in darkness. He didn't want you to continuously for eternity to suffer your sin or death or difficulty or anything. Your suffering will be gone when he perfects all of his intention here. This word, this life, this light, this conception anew by the Holy Spirit, you have become like the child in the manger. You have been returned to your image of God. You believe him, and he has reckoned it to you as righteousness. You have become a child born of God, believing beyond the obvious darkness that this world presents to you that Jesus was born to save you that he died to save you, that he rose to save you, all of this, so that you are like him again. John says he saw his divine glory. Well, of course he did. He was up there on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Jesus changed into the, the wonderful glory that God is, except he wasn't necessarily only talking about that. There was a time later when he and his brother James had asked Jesus to be at his right and left hand when he comes into his glory. And he said, well, those seats are taken because he was talking about a thief over here and a thief over here to Jesus, his glory, uh, the reason for his appearing in this world to become a baby in a manger, to be all of that, he was headed for his glory, which is his cross, which is your salvation, which is to present you to his Father in eternity, the perfect and wonderful thing that he always intended you should be. Now, when this happened, the glory of God is all over this. Uh, the angels come and they announce it, uh, uh, unfortunately, to shepherds because they're the 
the lowly guys that hang out on the mountain. And we've been looking in Genesis. It says over and over and over again, the Egyptians thought shepherds were lowlifes. And apparently Israelites thought the same thing. But there they were. And who do the angels come to in their glory? In the holy host of heaven, they come to shepherds. And by their lowly mouths, the glory of God is revealed. Shepherds believed it. Their glorious king was there. The angel said, go look for a baby in a manger. That's your king. And they said, okay. And they went and they saw his glory. Everybody that saw him walking around in the flesh saw his glory because his intention was to bring you home. And it will be so. He has brought you out of darkness. In faith, you live in his marvelous light. And that is the way it's supposed to be. It's why he came. It's why Christmas is. It's why he wanted you is confusing. But uh, I mean, I feel the same way about myself, if it's any comfort to you. Uh, but he did want you. And he did want me. And he came in the flesh, the son of the living God, to be that light, to be that life, to be that faith, to be that glory, to be your salvation forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.